BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirshner. Jim Jordan and other House Republicans sent a letter of inquiry to try and interfere in New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg's criminal investigation of Donald Trump. The letter he sent back to them puts them in their place. Here's Glenn with the details. So friends, I'm sure you saw the other day, Congressman Jim Jordan and other House Republican committee chairmen sent a letter to New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg demanding that Bragg explain himself because they found it outrageous that Bragg was investigating and likely indicting Donald Trump for the crimes he committed in New York in a very real sense, in a very direct sense, in a very unconstitutional sense. Put a pin in that one, friends. Jim Jordan and his cohorts in Congress were trying to interfere in a state criminal investigation. Well, District Attorney Alvin Bragg sent his reply to Jim Jordan. Here is the reporting from Axios about that reply. Headline, Manhattan DA sends scathing response to GOP's request for testimony. And that article begins, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office on Thursday rebuffed a request from top House Republicans for testimony and documents about his investigation into former President Trump. Bragg's response leaves Republicans with little room to maneuver in their effort to dent the probe's credibility, forcing them, the House Republicans, to decide whether to venture into the uncharted territory of subpoenaing a local prosecutor. In a letter to Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan, Oversight Chair James Comer, and House Administration Chair Brian Steele, Bragg's General Counsel, Leslie Dubeck, said the GOP request is an unprecedented inquiry into a pending local prosecution. The House GOP's request to Bragg only came after Donald Trump created a false expectation that he would be arrested the next day, and his lawyers reportedly urged you, meaning the House Republicans, to intervene, she wrote, neither fact is a legitimate basis for congressional inquiry. So friends, now let's turn to the letter itself. The letter from New York District Attorney's Office General Counsel Leslie Dubeck. I'm going to quote from Ms. Dubeck's letter at some length because it is so heartening when you see a government official who actually has an allegiance to the law and an understanding of the Constitution, unlike Jim Jordan. And I'll warn you as I'm going through Ms. Dubeck's letter, I'll probably include a good bit of 
snarky editorial comments, but I'll point out when I'm doing that. So here is Ms. Dubeck's letter on behalf of the New York District Attorney's Office. To the Honorable Jim Jordan, I have a hard time calling him Honorable, so I'm just going to say to Jim Jordan, Brian Steele, and James Comer, Dear Chairman Jordan Steele and Comer, the District Attorney of New York County is investigating allegations that Donald Trump engaged in violations of New York State penal law. The investigation is one of thousands conducted by the Office of the District Attorney in its long history of pursuing justice and protecting New Yorkers. The investigation has been conducted consistently with the District Attorney's oath to faithfully execute the laws of the State of New York. The District Attorney pledged that the DA's office would publicly state the conclusion of our investigation, whether we conclude our work without bringing charges or move forward with an indictment. He, that is the District Attorney, stands by that pledge. And if charges are brought at the conclusion, it will be because the rule of law and faithful execution of the District Attorney's duty require it. Your letter, now referring to Jim Jordan's letter, your letter dated March 20, in contrast, is an unprecedented inquiry into a pending local prosecution. The letter only came after Donald Trump created a false expectation that he would be arrested the next day, and his lawyers reportedly urged you to intervene. Neither fact is a legitimate basis for congressional inquiry. The district attorney is obliged by federal and state constitutions to protect the independence of state law enforcement functions from federal interference, in other words, Jim, butt out. The letter continues. The letter, Jim Jordan's letter, seeks non-public information about a pending criminal investigation which is confidential under New York state law. In other words, you know, Jim, you might not care about complying with the law, but we here in New York do care, and we intend to comply with our laws. The letter continues. The DA's office is cognizant of DOJ's longstanding policy of not providing Congress with non-public information about investigations. So you have to love what Miss Dubeck just did there. She said, um, Jim, you couldn't get this kind of information out of your own law enforcement agency, the Department of Justice. You really can't get it out of the law enforcement agency of a separate sovereign, the state government, the New York District Attorney's Office, to summarize, she's basically saying, in your face, Jim. At least that's my interpretation. The letter continues. The letter's requests are an unlawful incursion into New York's sovereignty. And then she goes on to basically say, so, so Jim, let me school you on the Constitution and the relevant Supreme Court precedent. And here she goes. The Constitution limits Congress's power to those specifically enumerated, and the Tenth Amendment 
ensures that any unenumerated powers are reserved to the states. It is therefore generally understood, Jim, that a congressional committee may not inquire into matters which are reserved to the states. And she cites Supreme Court precedent in case Jim wants to read up on the assertions she's making in this letter. Among the powers reserved to the states, perhaps the clearest example of traditional state authority is the punishment of local criminal activity. She throws in another Supreme Court cite there. Thus, federal interference with state law enforcement is peculiarly inconsistent with our federal framework, and that also comes from Supreme Court precedent. Accordingly, in summary, uh, these requests are unconstitutional. Consider yourself schooled, Jim. Ms. Dubeck then concludes the letter as follows. We trust that you appreciate the importance of our federal system, state law enforcement activities, and the critical need to maintain the integrity and independence of state criminal law enforcement from federal interference. So to sort of sum up what General Counsel Dubeck was saying to Jim Jordan, maybe if I could translate it from legalese to Jersey speak, I'm a Jersey guy. She was basically saying, Jim, why don't you just go ahead and take your attempts to interfere in our New York State investigation of the crimes of Donald Trump, and um, why don't you just, you know, put them where the sun don't shine, respectfully. Okay, so that was all of my editorial comment there. So friends, I quote from General Counsel Dubeck's letter pretty extensively because she gets everything right. She gets the Constitution right. She gets the Tenth Amendment right. She gets the Supreme Court precedent right. She gets Jim Jordan's attempt to interfere in a state court prosecution right. Indeed, she exposes Jim Jordan as someone who is willing to violate the Constitution to try to protect a criminal former president of the United States. So friends, now we will turn back to our Donald Trump indictment watch. Because justice matters. Coming up next, what kind of man finds himself the target in not one, but two criminal investigations, where in each case, his own lawyer is testifying against him? Someone like Donald Trump. This is Justice Matters. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Justice Department has convinced a federal judge that Donald Trump used his attorney, Evan Corcoran, to help him commit crimes in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case. And the judge has ruled that the attorney must testify against Trump in court. Here's Glenn. So friends, can I tell you, it's pretty unusual. It's pretty rare to have a defense attorney flip against his or her client. It happens from time to time, once in a blue moon. In my 30 years as a prosecutor, I never had it happen, but I know it does happen. What are the odds that Donald Trump would be the target in two criminal investigations And in each one of those cases, Donald Trump's attorney is testifying against him, providing deeply damaging information, sharply incriminating information, because Trump finds himself the target in two such investigations. The one up in New York, District Attorney Alvin Bragg's criminal investigation, which appears to be on the eve of indictment, of his illegal hush money payments. And in that case, Donald Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, who also happens to be his co-conspirator in the hush money payments conspiracy, is testifying against him. And then if we head down to DC, one of Donald Trump's criminal defense attorneys representing him in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents crimes investigation, a guy named Evan Corcoran, has been ordered by the chief judge of federal district court to go into the grand jury, testify about, and in a very real sense, against Donald Trump. What are the odds? But friends, even though there is that interesting parallel, New York case involving Trump's former attorney testifying against him, D.C. criminal investigation involving one of Trump's lawyers testifying against him. That really is where the similarities end. And we'll talk about why that is in a minute, but let me talk about the new blockbuster reporting about Trump's attorney Evan Corcoran being ordered, being compelled to go into the grand jury and testify about the crimes of Donald Trump. This from CNN. Justice Department convinces federal judge Trump used his attorney in furtherance of a crime in classified documents probe. And that article begins, the Justice Department has convinced a federal judge that former President Donald Trump used one of his defense attorneys in furtherance of a crime or fraud related to the existence of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago sources familiar with the matter told CNN. The finding, part of a major ruling Friday from Judge Beryl Howell of the D.C. District Court, makes clear for the first time that the Justice Department is arguing it has evidence that Trump may have committed a crime. 
and Howell ruled that prosecutors met the burden to overcome Trump's right to shield discussions with his lawyers normally protected under attorney-client privilege. The evidence would likely be significant in the obstruction probe being pursued by special counsel Jack Smith's team. It also underscores how critical the testimony of Trump's defense lawyers would be in the federal grand jury investigation. Now, ABC News first reported the development, and here is the headline from that ABC News article, Special Counsel Claims Trump Deliberately Misled His Attorneys About Classified Documents, Judge Wrote. But wait, friends, it gets better. Because after Judge Howell ruled that Trump's lawyer, Evan Corcoran, must go into the grand jury and testify about, in a very real sense, against Donald Trump, not surprisingly, Trump's defense team beat feet up to the appellate court trying to put a stop to Chief Judge Howell's order. Well, guess what? Within just 24 hours, talk about light speed for an appellate court. Here's what just happened. Appeals court rules that Trump attorney Evan Corcoran must testify in special counsel's documents probe. The court rejected former President Trump's efforts to block him from testifying. Now, of course, the next logical question is, will Trump's defense team try to convince the Supreme Court to review this one last-ditch effort to keep lawyer Evan Corcoran from going in and incriminating his client, Donald Trump? Of course, Donald Trump's defense team will ask the Supreme Court to review the case. I don't think the Supreme Court will review the case, and I know the Supreme Court shouldn't review the case. This is a run-of-the-mill determination by a judge, right? The judge had to decide, okay, did the client, Donald Trump, use his lawyer in furtherance of a crime such that the lawyer can't claim attorney-client privilege because of the crime-fraud exception? The judge ruled yes. The appellate court ruled yes. There's no constitutional issue to be resolved here by the Supreme Court. There's zero reason, zero reason, for the Supreme Court to review this case. Really, the only lingering question is, how will Ginny Thomas vote? But remember I said there is this important parallel between the New York case and the DC case, both involving Trump lawyers testifying against Trump. That really is where the similarities end, because these cases couldn't be more different. Why do I say that? Well, up in New York, it looks like District Attorney Alvin Bragg and his prosecution team is about to indict Donald Trump for a series of crimes involving the illegal hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. The star witness, perhaps the most important witness, the co-conspirator in those hush money payments is... Michael Cohen. And yes, we know Michael Cohen brings with him pretty significant credibility challenges. Why? Well, one, he was a co-conspirator. He committed the crimes with Donald Trump for the benefit of Donald Trump at the direction of Donald Trump. He also lied. He went on to lie in front of Congress. Why? He was still trying to help out Donald Trump, to whom he was still loyal at that time. 
So this is baggage he brings with him. These are credibility challenges, but they're run-of-the-mill credibility challenges. Anytime prosecutors use a co-conspirator as a witness, you're going to have credibility challenges. Because the prosecutor didn't pick the witness, Donald Trump picked the witness. Donald Trump picked Michael Cohen to commit these crimes with. But Michael Cohen has the receipts, and Michael Cohen's testimony will win the day and will persuade the jury, in my opinion. But still, we have to acknowledge it's a challenging case in New York, but let's move down to D.C. That is a whole different kind of circumstance where defense attorney Evan Corcoran will be testifying about and against Donald Trump. Here's why. First of all, it doesn't seem like Evan Corcoran is a co-conspirator in Trump's crimes. Now, I say that a little bit hesitantly because one of two things happened here. When Donald Trump was using Evan Corcoran to perpetrate a fraud, to obstruct justice, to make false statements to the government, because Donald Trump apparently provided the information to Evan Corcoran, the false information, with Trump saying, I don't have any more classified documents. Evan, do a certification, tell them I don't have any more classified documents. But guess what? Donald Trump had more classified documents in his desk drawers at Mar-a-Lago, right? So he was providing false information to the government and he was obstructing the grand jury investigation because the grand jury had subpoenaed those documents. So he was committing crimes through Evan Corcoran. The one question that remains is, was Evan Corcoran complicit in the crimes or was Donald Trump lying to him and just using him unwittingly as a vehicle to commit those crimes? It seems like based on the reporting, although we don't know fully because the grand jury proceedings are secret, so there are some things leaking out and there are some assumptions that have to be made. But when the reporting is Donald Trump misled his lawyers, it sure sounds like Donald Trump unwittingly used his lawyers to perpetrate this fraud, to obstruct justice, to make false statements to the federal government, which is a crime. It's, it, there's a crime called false statements and it's 18 United States Code Section 1001. We call them 1001 false statements. False statements is a crime that's kind of a kissing cousin to perjury. Perjury is when you're placed under oath in a proceeding and you testify falsely. That's the crime of perjury. But a false statement to an FBI agent or a federal prosecutor that's not under oath, still a crime, still a five-year offense, and we call it false statements or 1001 statements. 1001, coincidentally, may be the number of times Donald Trump has lied to his own defense attorneys, who knows? But that is a very different circumstance than the one that's playing out up in New York. Evan Corcoran, former federal prosecutor with whom I worked at the DC US Attorney's Office, is a different kind of witness from Michael Cohen. Now, I'm not saying because he's a former federal prosecutor, he can do no wrong but it looks like he's not complicit in Donald Trump's crimes, the way Michael Cohen is complicit in Donald Trump's hush money crimes up in New York. So Evan Corcoran wouldn't bring with him 
the kind of baggage that a Michael Cohen might bring. And Evan Corcoran can simply go in and testify, listen, I was lied to, I was misled, I was deceived, so I ended up providing false information to the federal government. I ended up being the conduit for information that obstructed justice, but that was the information that was given to me by my former client, Donald Trump. So friends, whereas the case up in New York will have some real challenges associated with it, it feels like the case in DC will be a much stronger, much simpler, much cleaner case, at least with respect to some of these charges. Because if Trump's attorney, Evan Corcoran, has the kind of sharply incriminating evidence against Donald Trump that it's being reported, he has that Donald Trump you know, lied to me, deceived me, misled me, fed me false information intending for me to certify it and feed it to the government. That's obstruction of justice. That's false official statements to government officials. And those crimes will be relatively easy to prove. In fact, that case down in D.C., it feels like a legal layup. And yes, I know, friends, we have been on Trump indictment watch forever. We have been waiting for, fighting for, demanding justice forever. But it looks like we're getting closer every day. So please hang in there, friends. The fact that Donald Trump is on the eve of being indicted is a tribute to all of you all of the justice warriors out there who refused to back down, who refused to give in, who kept fighting and demanding accountability in every way we can. And it feels like, it feels like we are very close. And we all know that justice matters. Friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.